Today we're going to be talking about, uh, is the Sabbath for today? This question, is the Sabbath for today? This isn't just simply a question that you just answer. Well, yes, it is there. So, so, um, it's, it's so much deeper than that. It's one of the, and this is one of those questions that actually ended up changing my view as I studied. I, and I hate that. I, I really do. I, I, you know, it's like you naturally just want to believe that you know everything. Um, but that's just not the way it works. And as I started digging into this, what I realized during my study was that I was not taking the Sabbath as seriously as I should based on what God's word is telling me. I mean, I wasn't way off in left field, but there are some pieces that I knew and understood to a degree, but uh, now it's much, much more convicting. And so uh, I say that to kind of get you ready <laughs> for what we're going to be, what we're going to be looking at, because this is a far bigger issue and a far more cool thing than I was actually thinking initially. You know, my thought and my teaching um, uh, as a as a young Christian in the New Testament uh, in the New Testament times was that that was a law thing that we still honor the Sabbath, but it's not something serious that God wants us to to be really really focused on. And what I found out through my studies was that's just not the case. That's just not the case at all. And that there's a, uh, I think a significant blessing that we miss in our lives in this when we miss this process. So. This is also one of those questions that often gets ignored, but it has also split the Christian church multiple times through the centuries. There are whole denominations that have split away from the Protestant church because we have church on the wrong day. You ever been in one of those? If you go to church on Sunday, you're sinning. You have to go to church on Saturday because Saturday is the Sabbath. Now, if you're Hebrew, sure, Saturday is the Sabbath. But there's a reason we go to church on Sunday because that's the day Jesus rose. So we're honoring that. And this whole argument starts happening over who's got it right. Because the only way, and this is, the, this is the, the, the part that actually made me laugh as I was studying the stupidity of the argument, is that you only have the Sabbath right if you go to church on Sunday, or you only have the Sabbath right if you go to church on Saturday. And what you find out is the Sabbath has nothing to do with either one of them. God doesn't care what day you go to church. Just go. <laughs> <coughs> Think about some of the other questions that are much more important that we should be concentrating on today. Is the Sabbath just part of Old Testament law, which most of us believe it is, and do we even need to care about it today? Does the Sabbath have to be a very specific day of the week? Is it only this day and no other? And do we have to follow the old Hebrew rules associated with the Sabbath? Because there's a lot one of the things, one of the websites I found in my study was called My Hebrew Learning, and they went through what you're taught in, uh, um, in Old Testament times, especially uh, about the, the rules of the Sabbath. And it was not only that you have to abstain from specific types of work, you have to abstain from things that could potentially be confused by someone as a form of work. Yeah. So if someone came over to your house and, they, and you handed them a packet of seeds to plant for zucchini... That's restricted because you could potentially be encouraging someone to go sow. You see how ridiculous this gets really, really fast. It was actually quite humorous as I was, as I was walking down through it. Um, now, there are so many questions surrounding the Sabbath. I, I, you, there's no way I could get to them today. But my hope for today, my goal for today, is to help you understand stand God's intent for the Sabbath 
why the Sabbath is so important and what we can do to honor it and maybe hopefully encourage you to take the Sabbath more seriously in your own life. <coughs> Excuse me. So but the first thing we have to do is we have to figure out what the Sabbath is. Now, most people, in my experience, look at the look at the term Sabbath and they go back to the fourth commandment. In Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day and uh, by keeping it holy. You have six days each week uh, for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, day of rest, dedicated to our Lord God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock. Your livestock? Cool. Um, and any foreigners living among you. That means people who don't even understand what you're doing. For in six days the Lord made, uh, Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them, but the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So here's a question. Is God giving us something new in this commandment? Or is God relaying us or reminding us of something that is very old, even at this point? Something that's been around for a very, very long time. I want to help you understand something that, that when I found this, it was so cool. I, it, okay, I'm a dork. That's just the way it works. To me, this was so cool when I, when I discovered this. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. No one's in the building. No one's in my office. I'm just saying out loud to myself, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I'm a dork. You go back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. It says, The creation of the heaven and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his works of creation. Do you realize that the, the, the Sabbath predates sin? That's what I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh! The Sabbath... And God declaring it holy and setting it apart from everything else predates sin and the fall of man. Now, maybe you already realized that. I, I hadn't. I'd never given that any thought. It is the first thing God ever declared holy. He declared creation good, but he declared the Sabbath holy and set apart. The first thing. Do you think that means something to God? Do you think he's serious about this? You think it's something specific that he wants us to be paying attention to? He declared it holy, not optionally holy or occasionally holy or only holy until New Testament times. It is holy. It has always been holy. It will always be holy. When something is declared holy, it means that we are to not defile it or let others cause us to defile it. That's one of the, one of the real basic definitions of holy. When something, de- God declares something holy, we are to do everything we can to avoid defiling it and we are not to allow anyone else to cause us to defile it. Because it is holy before the Lord, meaning everything associated with it is holy and can be blessed before the Lord. Now, traditionally, Sabbath begins sundown Friday through sundown Saturday. And I get this question a lot. Why sundown? That's, that's so weird. We have a 24-hour day. Why not start it at midnight? Here's basically why. Sundials don't work at dark. You got to think way back before watches existed, people did this. Uh, it's getting late in the day. Everyone knew when sundown was, and everyone could tell when sunup was. It was pretty simple. So sundown to sundown, really easy to figure out. Midnight to mid- midnight, mm, that one's a little trickier. 
But now think about this. God spent six days. I like to look at it this way. God spent six days pouring himself out into creation. Then he intentionally set aside a day to rest and enjoy the fruit of his work. He set aside a day to rest and enjoy the fruit of his work. And he didn't do this because he was tired. He did this as an example to us. You know, it's kind of funny when, people, when you when you think about the all powerful God. You know, he, he literally speaks creation into existence. People ask, why did God spend six days doing it? Couldn't he have just done it all at once? Yes, but there is a reason for this, and the Sabbath is the focus of that reason. There are six days to create and to work, and there is a day of rest. Our entire calendar for all of human history has been based around a seven day week and a twenty four hour day. God put that together in the beginning. And in the beginning, he told us and declared to us and commanded to us to take a day and rest. Now, I want you to think about it this way. And look, I know where I am. I know, I, I know how people work. I get it. I, I, I know. But please understand, I'm, I'm, if you get mad at this, get mad at God. Don't get mad at me. I'm just relaying a message. Okay? Working seven days a week is unholy. I didn't come up with that. If the seventh day is holy before the Lord and you pull it out of that and you put it into your time frame, your needs, your career, your wanting to get ahead, whatever it is, that day is now unholy. That's not me. That's God's word, which means it's unblessed. It cannot be blessed. I want to show you how that works into our lives and how important this really is. In its simplest form, the Sabbath is a day of rest. But it's not just simply a day of not working. Because I want to tell you this also. Sometimes you have to do something on the Sabbath. God isn't going to you know, strike you down for that. He's not up there with his great smoting stick waiting to smote thee. Gary, you fed the cows this morning. Smite. You put gas in your car, you planning on taking a trip? Smite. No, that's not, that's not how this works. God knows that sometimes you just got, you do, there's things that just, you have, have to be done. We'll see Jesus validates that here in a little bit. But the day is not simply a day, it's not just the absence of work. Do you know that resting is an intentional act? Rest, you never rest by accident. I mean, sometimes, now guys, you might be thinking, sure I do. I wake up on the couch all the time. That's not you resting. That's your body letting you know it ain't cooperating anymore. You know, oh, good. You know, I got some time. I'm going to sit down and watch some TV. Next thing you know, your wife's waking you up because it's dinner time. Sun's gone down. You're panicking because you've been asleep for six hours. That's not a good nap. That's your body letting you know something's wrong. Something's Wrong. Rests require effort. Do you know that when you look at a piece of musical score, when there's an absence of sound, it's called a rest. And it's not just simply where no music is. The rest is put there by the composer on purpose. This point will be silence. So that the next point can be emphasized. That's the point of the rest, 
to give us a break from what was so that we may enjoy what is coming. Could you imagine, take all of your favorite music and just take all the rests out and just squash it all together. It'll sound like death metal. (laughs) More than likely. Exactly. No one rests by accident. A rest is an intentional thing. And sometimes, depending on your career and what you do, you have to plan for that rest. We live in an agricultural area. There's, there's stuff going on in farms seven days a week. It's the way it is. If you plan, if you take the Sabbath seriously, you have to plan for that rest. It will not happen. Imagine yell, stick, Gary, you stick your head out of your window. Hey, ladies, no milking today. It's the Sabbath. And the cows are just like, I'll hold it. <laughs> no, they ain't. I know you don't milk there, but it's, everyone knows he wheeled it with cows. So it works out good. He's over there going, he has no idea what I do. None. Not a clue. <laughs> but it doesn't happen by accident. It is on purpose. Now check this out. In Isaiah 58, 13 through 14, it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Listen to this. Don't pursue your own interests on that day. But enjoy the Sabbath and look at, listen, and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Don't even be like, Sunday and my wife will let me work. Don't, don't do that. Speak of it highly. This is the day that the Lord has set apart for me to enjoy the fruits of my labors. Praise God. Even if you got to lie to yourself until you believe it. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord, listen, then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Oh, man. So there is a blessing that comes when we honor the Sabbath. When we're honoring the Sabbath, what we're doing is we're taking our focus away from pursuing life or trying to get ahead or trying to get one more thing done and we're pushing that aside and we're allowing ourselves to enjoy the moment. Enjoy creation, enjoy life, enjoy family. How many of you ever been on the vacation with that guy that spends the entire time behind a camera trying to document the trip instead of enjoying where they are? How was your trip? Great. I've got to get a new phone. My phone has 18,567 pictures on it and three hours of video. Right? (laughs) I'm understanding it's not always the guy. I get it. I get it. Right? How many of you go on vacation with someone who has an itinerary? Come on, kids. I know you're at the beach having fun and this is really amazing, but we got places to go and things to do. Shut up. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Because that moment will never come again. It's gone. It's past. Check this out. So there's a blessing when we follow. And in every instance, when God blesses something, when we do it, when we don't, there is, we're just going to call it a not blessing. 
Exodus 31, 12, 17 says, the Lord then gave these instructions to Moses, tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. For the Sabbath is a sign, now listen to this, is a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, it is given so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Yeek. You must keep the Sabbath day for it is a holy day for you. Anyone, <laughs> listen, anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Anyone who works on that day will be cut off from the community. You have six days each uh, each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day uh, of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on the Sabbath must be put to death. The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant obligation for all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with uh, with the people of Israel. For in six days the Lord made the, heaven, uh, the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he stopped working and was refreshed. This does not mean that you put your family members to death if they violate the Sabbath no matter how tempting that might be, okay? Dad's mowing the lawn on Sabbath. (laughs) No, you have to remember that when God set the law in place for Israel, it was far more than anyone could possibly do. Paul tells us that the the, the law was created to, to to, uh, basically manufacture frustration. The law was created to be frustrating because no one can live up to the law. That was the point. The point was, if you wanted to be so perfect, you didn't need Jesus to get into heaven, this is what you had to do. The entire point of the law was to make it impossible for us to fulfill so Jesus could step in and fulfill it. We don't trust in the law, we trust in Jesus. And we need to understand that. We can see that there is a curse when we refuse to honor the Sabbath. When we take that day and we chase after what the world chases after, we chase after more money, more status, and more stuff. We are violating the holy nature of God. How serious do you think God is going to take this? Pretty serious. But we also need to remember that there is grace for everything that we do. Violating the Sabbath is not a salvation issue. It is an obedience issue. Now listen to this. Mark... Chapter two, this is what I mean when it's, you, you gotta weigh these things. Mark chapter two, uh, verses 23 and 28 says, on the Sabbath day, Jesus was walking through, uh, some grain fields. His disciples began breaking off the heads of the grain to eat. They were just eating, but it looked like they were sowing. And you're not allowed to do something that even looks like you might possibly accidentally be working. When the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the, he- breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read the scriptures that what David did when he and his company were hungry, he went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was the high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat, which is supposed to be a death penalty at that point, by the way. He also gave some up to his companions. And Jesus said to them, now listen carefully, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And at that point, they lost their mind and wanted to kill him. It's important to remember that God put the Sabbath in in place for us, but we are not bound to it for heaven or hell. It's not what we're talking about. 
There is a door that opens when we honor this. When we honor this before God, there is a door that opens in our life. So the Sabbath was declared holy before the law existed, before the nation of Israel existed, before the flood happened, before Babel was built, and before mankind fell. It was declared holy before sin even entered the world. The Sabbath has never been an issue of sinner or saint. Cross, Christ's work on the cross did not negate the Sabbath. It actually amplified its importance because the purpose of Christ's work on the cross was to bring us back to a relationship with God that God had planned from the beginning when he gave us the Sabbath. God gave us the Sabbath when the spirit of God was still alive in us. And when we, when Eve ate of that fruit and Adam ate of that fruit and the spirit of God died in us because God said, you will die if you do this. They ate the spirit of God died in them. John three says you must be reborn of the spirit. So when we come to the Lord, when we get saved, that spirit of God that died in Genesis is now made alive in John three. When we accept Christ as Lord and savior, the Holy spirit regenerates that dead spirit with inside of us. And now we are made as we were supposed to have been originally. It does not negate the Sabbath. It makes it more important because it was a gift God gave us when we were in that state originally. God wants us to live as though he designed us to live and he designed us to live with the Sabbath as a holy part of our life. Not an occasional thing that we do periodically. It was something that actually sets us apart from everyone else and is a covenant piece of our relationship. It's not an element of our faith. It's more than that. The Sabbath is a gift from God, a reminder to stop and look around, to not waste our life, and I want to say these carefully, to not waste our life and the moments of our life as we're staring at the world from behind a plow or behind a desk or on an assembly line. Work is a necessary part of life and you should work long and you should work hard. The eight-hour workday is a joke. It's an American invention. The 40-hour work week is, 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 people think, oh my gosh, I have to work 40 hours. Uh, where? You don't have to grow your food or go kill it. You go to this box that, that stores it for you. Life is so much easier now and we want to work so much less. We're lazy. But on the other side of that, you got people who work nonstop all the time because that's what they feel they're supposed to do. Neither is true. We are supposed to work and work hard. But here's what happens. So many of us tell this lie. If you're a workaholic, I know there's a bunch of them in here. I know there's a bunch of them watching. Here's the lie we tell ourselves. If I can just get to this point, I can finally Slow down and rest. All I need is to work to get this last piece of equipment. All I need is one more barn. All I need is another truck. All I need is to get, you know, if I can just be milking X number more cows, all I need is 400 more. All I need, all we need never ends. 
If I can just get that management job, if I can just get that promotion, if I can just get, you know, and, and this is this is all I need. And I need to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day to show them that I deserve this. Do we honestly think God is going to honor that? When he tells us, be careful, honor my Sabbath. And we say, no, God, I will when I get here. But when you get here, it's like taking a road trip with dad. You know, we just get to the next exit. You get to the next exit. What happens? Let's get to the next exit. Dad, I had to pee 400 miles ago. Now it's your fault. (laughs) The list goes on and on. It's endless. I think the most common reason why we don't take the Sabbath seriously is pride, especially for men. Because men base their self-worth on their accomplishments. Women tend to base their self-worth on their relationships, which is why a workaholic man typically has a very frictional relationship with his wife unless she's in it with him. She didn't marry your job. She married you. We sometimes, especially for men, women do this too. See if this rings a bell for anyone. We feel that our contribution to the job is so significant that things will not get done right Unless I'm there. Sure, there are people who can do it, but they don't do it the right way. They don't do it the way I would do it. They might make a decision, and it may not kill anybody, but it is not as wonderful as if it comes from me. Really? Really? So if you were to die today, the entire world would just grind to a halt, and everyone would just have it in their mind that it's just not worth living anymore because you're not at work. Really? No. How about this one? I have so much work to do that if I take a day off, I will be letting everyone down. That's probably the worst lie that we tell us, tell ourselves when it comes to the Sabbath. Let me help, let me, let me illustrate this this way. Which do you think is more valuable to whatever it is you're doing. A a healthy you, a rested you, a clear-minded you, a you that is walking in the obedience of God's command to keep the Sabbath holy, or or a you that is burned out, forgetful, and continually makes dumb mistakes. Now, most of you know that uh, um, uh, Jared, Jared Gaines and his dad have a, have a, uh, a, a tractor repair business on the other side of town. I asked you, I asked him a couple of different times, said, what percentage of the repairs that you get come from a mindless oversight from someone driving it? They didn't check a fluid. They didn't pay attention to this. They weren't looking at the, you know, at the temperature gauge or whatever. He goes, eh, mostly all of them. This is the time of year where all the stuff they've been fixing over the winter gets out into the field, and people drive them till they burst into flames. 
Why? Because if I can just get one more field in today, we drive the things to death. And here's what ends up happening. Typically, a 15-minute decision can cost, depending on what you're driving, a house <laughs> or more. That's okay. We'll just, we'll, just, we'll just repair it and we'll just push it off. Well, what does your summer look like when, you, when this, this implement that you bought is no longer available to you? And now you either have to borrow it or rent it because you were tired, overworked, and absent-minded, and you were in such a rush to get everything done that you overlooked something critical that cost you dearly in the end. In the restaurants, I always trained, I always trained my cooks this way. I would rather have the meal take an hour to get to the table and have it be done right than have you have to make it twice. It's a lot easier to just do it right the first time than it is to do it two or three or four times. Speed is only valuable if it's accurate. And I will take a well-rested person walking in the blessing of God over 10 tired zombies. Now, one of the other things that the Bible tells us that is holy before God is the tithe. Don't worry, this is not a tithing method. I'm just going to parallel these. So it said it is holy before God. It is set apart for him. It's not something we do. Remember, the, uh, the, the Bible says that we bring the tithe. We don't give it. Because the way the Bible looks at it is you only give what's yours. The tithe is his. We just bring it back. And it's holy before God. Now, I want you to think about something. When I first started tithing, one of the things that I found immediately, and most of you have the same testimony, I can do more with 90% blessed than I could with 100% not. I don't know if it's just God's math or the way he works stuff out, but that blessed 90% goes so much farther than a not blessed 100%. It's laughable when you actually come to that point. Why do we think that God will not do the same thing with our time? I will bet you that if you begin to take the Sabbath seriously, your six days will accomplish more at a higher quality with a better return than your seven days doing whatever it is you're doing. doesn't make any difference what it is. Because you're honoring God with your days. And he doesn't say, work 28 days straight and then take four days off. It's not what he said. Six days, take a rest. Find a way to do it. Figure out a way to make it happen. We can do it. We just have to want to. He didn't say it would be easy. I want to say this very carefully. When we ignore the Sabbath, and this comes straight from the pages of Scripture, folks, Without question, we are walking in disobedience to God's commands. It's that simple. Now, are we violently disobedient? No. But are we disobedient nonetheless? Yes. 
And God cannot bless our time, our days, our actions when we are violating his word. Let me show you something. I'm not saying that sometimes we don't have to work. Sometimes you just, you just have to do it. Now listen to what Jesus says himself in Matthew 12. It says, Jesus went to, went to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked, does the law permit a person to work by healing? Think about that. If you break your leg on a Sunday, pff, sorry, you're going to have to wait till Monday. Hope you're not bleeding a lot. Does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping that he would say yes so that they could bring charges against him. And then he answered, listen to this. If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. Translation, sometimes stuff just has to get done. And you don't have time to put it aside. You have to do it now. So what do you do? You do it. Now, God knows this. He has grace for this. And look at this. How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and he restored it just like the old, the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Do you realize how arrogant this is? How dare he miraculously heal that person on a Saturday? We will kill him now. Heretic. It's amazing. Now I want you to think about this. Sunday is most people's, what they would consider their Sabbath day. Um, But it's not the Sabbath day for everyone. It's not the Sabbath day for ministers. I get here at 7 o'clock. I'm usually here at 12, as as late as 1, depending on what's going on. It's not an incredibly long day, but it's also not a day off. You came in, you had coffee. You were handed a bulletin. There were communion. There was a worship team here. These are people who come in and labor for your benefit, right? So it's not a Sabbath day for everyone. Sometimes part of that is just giving back. God knows this. He understands this. But I want you to think about this. My normal Sabbath day is Tuesday. And that's a pretty well-known thing within the church. And I laugh about this, but I'm I'm bringing it up today because I really want to start taking this more seriously. Every Tuesday. If anyone is going to call me a day of the week, it's going to be Tuesday. And the conversation almost always starts out like this. I know it's your day off, but... Now, if you call me to pray for your cat, I'm going to pray that it dies quickly. Just saying. Lord, take the cat now. That's not what I'm praying for. It's what I'm praying for. (laughs) And it's never anything important. It's nothing that can't wait till Wednesday. Nothing, ever. Pastor, a meteor is hurling to earth. I will take that call. Every sabbatical that I've taken, I get calls at least every week. And, every, and I announce that I'm taking sabbaticals for weeks before it happens. Every single time. Now, granted, last time I tried to take a sabbatical, COVID happened. A few people blame that on me. It's not my fault. <laughs> but people say this. I know you're on sabbatical, but we have elders. 
Call them. I even met, we even agree. Call them. They'll decide whether or not I need to get involved. We have an assistant now. <laughs> Call him. You want his number? We'll put it up on the screen later. <laughs> He's back there going, oh, no, you won't. A few years ago, Samantha and I went on a, on a trip to Hawaii. While we were there, I got a call. Now, like a moron, I took it because I thought something bad. Obviously, something catastrophic had happened. The church is on fire. Something really bad happened. No, they had a Bible question. Google it. And it started off with, I know you're on vacation, but. Like. You are on the no pray for list. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I say this for this. We have trained ourselves so well not to value our own time that we don't value anybody else's either. Did you hear that? Part of honoring the Sabbath for you is honoring it for other people. Do not allow anyone in your household to work or any foreigner in your land. The foreigner in the land means someone who doesn't value what you value. So you value your time and you value the time of everybody else as well. You care about the Sabbath for them as much as you care about it for you. It's important. Legalism is also never the answer. Think about this. Some groups get very legalistic about the Sabbath. It's almost, it's almost funny. Uh, because the Hebrews went to temple on Saturday, we should have church on Saturday. And people who go to church on Sunday are not just wrong, they're sinners. Congratulations. You're all a bunch of sinners. Hope you enjoy that. But now, wait a second. Uh, Not all Hebrews went to temple on Saturday. A lot of them went throughout the week. Because they did other things on Saturday, or they lived more than a mile away from the temple. Because on Saturday, you can't live, you can't walk, you can't travel more than a mile. Let me ask you, did anyone here drive more than a mile to get here? Sinner. Let me ask you this. Is anyone here planning on going out to lunch at a restaurant after you leave here? You're not just a sinner. You're causing other people to sin, forcing them to work on a Saturday. You're a double sinner. Now, granted, sinner, sinner, chicken dinner, but still, it's... (laughs) Sorry, I've been on a diet. I'm really hungry. I had a gentleman, we were, we were doing a cemetery cleanup once and we had to, we had to do it on a Saturday, we had to do it on a Sunday after church. And a gentleman in the church come up very, very angry, uh, after the service, uh, and, and let me know that I was leading the church down a path of sin and people were gonna go to hell because I was having them work on a Sunday. I thought, interesting. So I asked him a couple questions. Uh, I said, you know, um, first off, if you're really that adamant about the Sabbath, it's Saturday, not Sunday, so let's get the day right. Uh, and at the same time, if Sunday is your Sabbath and you're going to follow all of those rules, is your wife going to cook for you today? He went, 
Yeah? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. You're not, you're not permitted to cook on the Sabbath. Or allow anyone else to cook for you. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, 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 uh. And he said, this is why I can't talk to people like you. <laughs> okay. No, the reason why you can't talk to people like me is because you're wrong and you don't like it. I'm sorry. But if you're going to get technical, let's get technical. I have no problem with that. Because the argument falls apart. How about this? Do you clean your house, prepare food, do laundry, or work in your, work in your yard? Mow the lawn, tend your garden on, a, on your Sabbath day, sinner. See, too often today, Christians twist our New Testament faith into a license to pick and choose what biblical standards we want to follow. We do it all the time. Because we're under grace, not the law. But we forget that the Sabbath doesn't just predate the law, it predates sin. God is not concerned about the details. He's concerned about you. Can I say that again? God is not concerned about the details. He's concerned about you. Maybe you can't do a Sabbath on Sundays. Can you pick a day? Can you pick a day? Can you find a day to call your Sabbath? Let me, I'm going to end with this. This is, this is hopefully going to be a successful illustration here. Every time I get water out, Debbie and Cindy get nervous. Okay, good. Let's say this is you. You're full. You're doing good. You got things going on. And this is your week coming up. You notice it's empty. It's going to require something. And your week looks like this. You get to the end of the week. You know what this is? This is a good week. It was successful. Worked hard. Worked long. Got stuff done. This was awesome. This was fantastic. But you know what? That seventh day, I've got to work still. Still got to work. Got stuff I've just got to get done. I have just, there are just things that I have just got to get done. I am so blessed. I am overflowing. I, that this is, this is how awesome I am. It is so good to see what's happening in my life. It's a little full. Look how blessed I am. How much I got done in those seven days. But let's put that week aside. Guess what's coming next week? Guess what you got? Nothing. You're trying to pour from an empty well. This is why God set aside the Sabbath as holy. Not so that you could spend your life emptying yourself, so that you spend six days working and one day to be filled. Six days pouring out, one day to fill back up. That's pretty resilient. That's how he made us. But too many of us go through our lives like this. There's nothing left 
You ever been in that place? I have nothing left. I have nothing to give. I don't give a rip. I don't care. I'm done. I'm drained. It's over. You want to know why? You've been violating God's standards. I will guarantee you, you're overworked and you don't even know it. The Sabbath is for us. And if we honor it, we do it God's way. This is what God means when he says, everything you do on that day, honor me with it. It should be something that pours back into you. It should be something that brings you joy. It should be something that brings you happiness. It should be something that is life-giving, not life-sucking. 